tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey there, friendly listeners. You are tuned in to Overtired. This is Brett Terpstra. I am here, as always, with Christina Warren. Um, Jeff is currently in Africa. So filling in for Jeff, we have Brian Guppy, friend of the show, longtime connection, silky smooth voice. How's it going, Brian? Not the big, the lazy That's for Jeff. That's I can do Jeff. it because I'm black. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I just popped into my head. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, um, it's it's Saturday after the you know a week in which the Fourth of July is on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. It's one of the weirdest weeks in existence. Yeah. Did you get? Did you I, guys I, have I, to work Monday? Um, I took the whole week off. Oh wow! Nice. Smart. We got Sonos. Sonos gave everybody Monday off, so that good. was great. Yeah. I um I technically worked Monday, but I didn't work. Um, nobody scheduled any meetings, so I just kind of like kept Slack giving me notifications all day, but went hiking instead. Um, I do have I have a two week vacation coming up. Ooh, it's gonna be nice. Where yeah, are you, going? are you going somewhere or are you staying <laughs> home? My, yeah. For me, for me, an ideal vacation is doing nothing. Um, I, I may be headed to Chicago. I might try to make it to the, uh, Midwest barbecue that happens right before Max Sock. Um, I'm not going to make it to Max Sock itself this year, but it would be cool to go see all my, uh, all my podcaster friends that show up there and everything. Yeah. I need to get out to Chicago cause I, apparently it's impossible to do a regular podcast with Alex. Um, <laughs> uh, but I would like to see them in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was queer you... is on infinite hiatus. Oh, that sucks. But that that's partially because Alex has had like so many cat issues. Okay. So it's just been really hard. Like they've just have been like dealing with sick cat. And so it's just been struggling to find a time. And then Quinn has had to go back into the office. Um and yeah. We'll we'll I'll... get there. We haven't given it up. On our last road trip. Uh, Elle and I binged um, Two-Headed Girl, and it was it was delightful. I feel like I got to know Alex and Maddie really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, should we do a little mental health check-in? Are you guys uh, prepared yeah. to bare your souls for the the listening public? Sure. Sure. I'm gonna. I've already I'm gonna bared a- my ass for the public, so why not? I'm going to have a glass of wine while you guys talk for a second. Go ahead. Okay. Do, do you want to start, Brian? Guess first. I'm sure. Um, my mental health is uh, like in that unsure okay space <laughs> where so about a, about maybe a month ago my therapist and i made a realization or i made a realization that a thing that i thought that i had like processed that was a trauma in my life i had not processed at all and was still like undergirding so much of like my um you know like instinctual reactions and so i've been doing a lot of work on like 
when I get body snatched back into like trauma land, like regrounding myself. Um, and it's going mostly okay, but it's like, it's still trying to like, like every, every time I don't land it effectively, it still feels like a big failure. Sure. Cause now I'm paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's in that space of like, uh, I mean, I think we've got the thing to work on, but also it's just like really exhausting. And because of course it's like relational, um, like it's just even harder. Like it was just a thing for me and myself. I like, I wouldn't have to worry about like my impact on other people, but it's yeah. like me in relation to another person when, where the issues come. So, and then of course, like, so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is like, we might have to reschedule vacation plans because um, after I got my job at Sonos last year, I thought I was rich. Mm. and then was irresponsible with money and it turns out that flying to portugal (laughs) and spain is kind of expensive yeah so you know we're working through things but like overall like day to day i feel pretty good um you know just it's you know it's like it's like you never know when the wave is gonna hit so yeah all right well i actually will go next because that that struck a lot of chords for me. Um, I am, uh, first off, well, okay, let me do this in an order that makes sense. Um, I am going through some stuff in my own relationship right now that is making me examine like every single one of my insecurities. And one thing that has come up hardcore is religious trauma that I have these like like intellectually, I believe one thing and I believe people should be one way. Uh, but my upbringing like rails against that. So I have what my brain says and what my mouth says to my partner should be true. And then when things become real, like I have these deep seated emotional, uh, like physical reactions to certain situations. And, and I've been able to trace it back to like, things that were instilled in me, uh, like under threat of hell, uh, as a child. And, um, and I discussed some of this with my therapist who was impressed that I had figured out where it came from, but couldn't do shit to help me. Uh, so I have a, uh, an appointment with a new therapist in three weeks, um, that I'm looking forward to. It's, it's a woman. I feel like I'm going to relate better to a woman than this bro dude that I've been seeing. Um, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that she will be able to work with me on some of this because it does like, it's not just me. Like, I'm really happy. Like, I hate that this happened, right? I hate, I hate that this is happening in my relationship. It sucks. It hurts. Like it feels shitty, but also like, I had no idea I felt this way. I had no idea I would react this way. And Um, the fact that this got brought to the surface, yeah, it sucks. It's shitty, but now I can deal with it. Uh, and now I can grow in a way that I didn't even realize I needed to grow. So, so it's, you know, it's a mixed bag. We'll call it a mixed bag. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad to hear that at least. Um, so I'm going to be the downer. My mental health is pretty shit right now, to be honest. I'm sorry Um, to hear that. That's that's one of the reasons why I haven't been that active on social, because this is what I do um, when my uh, mental health is bad. Like there's only so much 
like I still have to do my day job and I still have to like be able to pseudo function as a human. And there are only so many cycles and things you can do. And like um, my way of, of masking is is not uh, it's not like, like I guess, um, you know, people who are on the spectrum sort of way. It's a little bit different. It's more like I have to like mask that I'm not depressed. Yeah. And and so I mean, it's similar, but it's 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 a different type of thing. And so there's just there's only so much energy you can expand with that. So mine has been pretty shit. This the reason I took this past week off, which was really good. Uh, I just just took the whole week uh, for mental health reasons because I'm not in a great space and I'm not performing and I'm not doing well and it's kind of got to that point. So I'm not doing great, but having the week off was was really good. And um, I'm hoping um, I have a my next uh, point with my shrink is in, I think like a week and a half. And when we talked last time, he mentioned to me, there are some new antidepressants that are similar to uh, ketamine because they, they do similar things. And it's like based on, on um, uh, similar uh, like pharmacological stuff, but it's not ketamine. So yeah. it's much easier. So you can actually take it orally. And so uh, there, there's like one um, drug uh, that got approved by the FDA last August. So it's been on the market for a year now. And, and the, the studies and the papers are all really good. And so I'm going to talk to him about trying that and seeing if, if that sort of thing could help. Because I think I'm at the point now where my, my medication isn't working. And I've yeah, been yeah. in denial about that for a really long time, like a really long time. And mm -hmm. it's gotten to the point where I'm just like, I, I can't be in denial about this anymore yeah, yeah. So. well that's my that, that's the upside sending you lots of love and hugs Thank you. i know this is so hard um and but i am so proud of you for doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself thank you uh, thank you yeah absolutely yeah no and it's hard because i'm you know i'm public and in insofar as like i obviously do this podcast and i've never lied or hidden you know like my my mental health struggles but it's not my brand and it's not the thing that I want to be known for. And I respect people who do want to like make that what they're known for and really want to advocate for that. I really respect that. But that's not me. And so it's always weird when it, you know, when I feel like I've reached a place from like, okay, this is actually impeding my life in a way that I now have to, you know, like uh, talk about it with people both publicly and then also like my colleagues, which that honestly sucks more than talking about it with strangers listening to your podcast or with your friends over the internet like that's that's the real shit you know because yeah. it's, it's fine when it's an abstract and i think a lot of people who you work with are fine with it as an abstract you really see how people react and how people really feel when it actually like could potentially impact them or when how it's impacting you is something that they have to you know grapple with like that yeah. that's that that's the real truth you know because everybody i think thinks oh yeah I'm, I'm fine with this sort of thing and then you're maybe you are and some places really are and and some uh, employers and employees really co-workers really are and some people really aren't so yeah. that's that's, and, that's and until thing. you're until you're confronted with the reality you might not even know yep how how you feel about something so i i can i can tie our two together in that way Totally. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard the Huberman Lab? No. It's a podcast with this guy. I don't know if he's like a neuroscientist or, but he does like extensive research into like medications and talks about like brain science. And the last one is about like eye health, but 
he it's like a solo podcast. It's just him like sharing research and and talking. Uh, occasionally he'll have guests, but um, I, I would recommend that. I'm going to drop that in the show yes, notes. He do. did a, he did an awesome episode on uh, ketamine and hallucinogenic treatments, okay. and he did a great one on um, uh, ADHD medication on like Adderall and Vyvanse and and non stimulant. Uh, treatments and and how they work and why they work and who they don't work for uh it was really enlightening um but that's huberman lab um I, i'm always really impressed by solo podcasters because <laughs> yeah, like it. that's just gotta be like to just mainline your own self-talking what for like what an I'm hour impressed by what i'm impressed by is successful solo podcasters <laughs> people <laughs> People, people who are actually as interesting as they think they are when they sit down to record a solo podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, a, right. that's a fine line right there. It really, really is a fine line. You know that if Elon Musk was a podcaster, he would be a oh my God. solo podcaster. Oh, absolutely. Oh, of course he would. Of course he would. Because, no, it is always interesting. And there are some solo podcasters who can do okay, just like radio hosts. But yeah, Elon would totally be a solo podcaster because he doesn't want to hear anybody else's thoughts. Well, can you imagine Joe Rogan just by himself, just <laughs> talking his shit for an hour at a time? No. <laughs> no, I mean, but and the world the would have been better off if he did that because it would have ended sooner. I was going to say, I was going to say the unfortunate thing is, is that Joe Rogan is not a dumb person, which is kind of going back to uh, uh, like a thing we were talking about pre-show about certain people. He's not a dumb person and he's actually a very good entertainer and a very good like live performer and understands that for the medium that he's doing with podcasting, he needs other people. Uh, and uh, uh, Dave Portnoy, who I also can't stand, but also have to kind of respect his skills. He's the guy from uh, Bar, um, uh, uh, Barstool Sports is another thing. Like his podcasts are, I know I, I completely understand why they're successful. And he's also a guy who does solo TikToks that are compelling. I hate that because I, I can't stand the guy, but, he, he's, but he's compelling, but he knows he's compelling in like 90 second doses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Should we take a quick sponsor break? We should. That's a great segue. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by none other than Mark Zuckerberg, the confident evil billionaire. If you're looking for a winner in the cage match and a billionaire who would rather waste his money on failed virtual reality ventures than phallic space exploration vehicles, Zuck is your guy. Head to ZuckerbergForPresident.com to save 100% on your subscription to Facebook, where your data goes farther than any other service. That's ZuckerbergMMA.com for 100% off of your identity. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. We really appreciate it, especially on, you know, this, the day three of your new social media project threat. Oh, the perfect, perfect lead in to, to uh, one of our topics. Should we talk about, should we talk about the threads specifically, but also the 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 landscape of social media at, yeah. in the in the in the death throes of twitter yes yes we have to absolutely so christina tell us what threads is okay so threads is is twitter um missing a number of features but it's it's twitter except you use instagram as your login and it turns out that that's really all you have to do if you want to get 
I th- it, they, they had 70 million users in two days. Um, and, and to be clear, this is not people who, like th- this is people who had to manually download the app and then opt to log in. Yeah. So, so this is 70 million signups, like actual things in under two days. They're going to hit 100 million probably within the first week um, easily. And so it's one of the most successful uh, social app launches of all time. But it is essentially Twitter missing a bunch of features. And again, is it's kind of telling that you can literally do the bare minimum, like all these Twitter clones, Mastodon, Blue Sky. Uh, what's what's the queer one um, that that uh, has been in, in um, invite only status? Is that Spill? Yes, Spill. Uh, a bunch of other ones, like all, all these things that have tried uh, post. Um, there's a T2, all these things like they had to like go out of their way to really be like, oh, but look at all these features and look at this and that. And then like if you have the network effect, you can literally do the minimum viable product that is real minimal and you can get 70 million plus users in two days. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. I listened to two podcasts where Adam Masseria was on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hard Fork and then... The Vergecast. The Vergecast, yeah. Yeah. And it was fascinating. Um, I, it's very interesting that... Oh, that, oh and that, just for clarification, Adam Masseria runs Instagram uh, yeah. at Facebook. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and Adam Masseria is a very interesting man because like Adam Masseria is the one who's like, we're going to change everything about Instagram and everybody hated him. And then he's like, no, we're yeah. not. Um <laughs> Um, so he's used to, he's used to like getting out there and saying things that people may not like, but this was one, I think what's really interesting to me is that they're trying to create Twitter, but not about news. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> what I they say. Know. Yeah. I, I, I wonder how much of that has to do with a, the EU lawsuit, which is ongoing. So this is interesting. 70 million users. And if you live in Europe, you can't even sign up unless you use an Apple ID or a Google Play account that is not based in the EU, um, yep. which, look, even if you agree with the EU on this, my personal opinion, this is just the American in me. I think that banning apps from app stores based on their country and whatnot, I think that's bullshit. I think it's bullshit when China does it. Uh, if the U.S. tries to ban TikTok, I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit when the EU does it. Like, honestly, that's some draconian, like, like level, just like that's that's fucked. But. Putting that aside, I wonder if this whole statement about saying, oh, we don't want to be about news, it's not worth a small amount of money for us, is because of the lawsuits they're in where they might have to pay publishers and people per post right. or whatever. And the Canada thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, the Canada thing, exactly. So I wonder if it's not so much that they care or they want to disencourage it, but if they're just like, we have to very publicly make it clear. Because, like, Twitter famously changed the way that the app was put in the app store, I think in 2016, to be a news category rather than in the social category. So like Twitter actively mm. went into that direction, right? So there, there was like a, a meme a while back where people were like, oh, look at how far Blue Sky is trended and Twitter's not even in the top five. And I was like, that's not where Twitter is categorized. Um, but like, um, yeah, so I wonder how much of that is like legitimate and how much of that is based on like the lawsuits and this is just them saying the right things to try to avoid the, yeah. uh, the, the, the government's trying to force them to, to pay for stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but it's also weird because like, I, yeah, it is interesting because they also are like applying Instagram's level of like moderation. Yes. And filtering to it, which like to me, again, since 
one of, I mean, one of my primary uses for Twitter is porn. Um, like, I'm just not sure how, I mean, except that there seem to be all these people signing up, but we'll see how long they stay around. Right. Like, is there interest, like, can you have a text-based social network that is sustainable? And, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be that big in the scheme of Facebook for it to matter or Instagram for it to matter. But that, like, people will use and doesn't get boring if you're not getting into fights about news or looking at porn? Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Brett, your thoughts? Because <laughs> I, I, I have many thoughts on this, but I, I don't want to dominate this conversation. No, so. no, please, please continue. Okay, so I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think this is this interesting thing. And so I've been working on this thesis in my mind basically since this launched. And even the fact that, at, like, I'm embarrassed by this. I was, like, user, like, 444,000, which to me is way way high like uh, on any social network like i feel like i should be way lower on the list mg siegler who wrote a great post for his um blog um 500 words ish though i think it was more than 500 words he had a really great analysis that has usually with mg stuff is like everything i've been saying in group chats but didn't actually take the time to write because that's why he is great he actually gets the words out but he was you know he'd been in europe and so he was like overnight so he's like user 1 million or something and he was mad about that and and i 710,000 right and see we're early adopters and this is the thing i kind of had this epiphany over the last few days i don't think threads is for posters i think it's for normies and that's interesting for normies yeah i think it is and and the thing is is i i look as a poster i don't like that and i feel alienated and and I feel wronged and I feel like this isn't a place for me. But then I have to look at where the social landscape is today. And I have to ask myself and be very honest to say, has the moment that allowed Twitter 1.0 to exist, has that passed? And and would you even be able to, if you didn't have, you know, the monopolies of, of scale and whatnot, and you didn't have the Elon Musk bullshit and whatnot, could you even create like what, what Twitter 1.0 is now? Like would the the landscape that exists now accept it? And I don't think it would. And so there's a part of me that even though I'm always going to be skeptical about what the long-term interest in these sorts of things is, because I think Twitter's a great example of this where, you know, like the number of people who logged up, signed up for Twitter accounts in 2011 and then posted a few times and never came back is massive. Um, I wonder if there is a larger sustainable base of normies and non-posters and if that's what this is and if this could almost succeed by just virtue of of getting people that would never post to Twitter to begin with. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting thing to think about. It's not for well, us, though. This is not for posters. And what's interesting is I was an early Twitter sign-up person, but I did not really start using twitter until 2019 in like there was a period in which i caught like back to back to back bands on facebook Mm -hmm. for talking about white people um (laughs) surprise um and so like i twitter being much more lax about that stuff like i got into twitter because i couldn't use facebook i couldn't talk to people on facebook and that that that's a lot of people's story, right? I mean, I think that's the thing is that Twitter has always had that much more for, and this is the irony, both on the right and the left, is for all the people who've complained about Twitter's censorship policies one way or another, it has honestly, for better or worse, been the least 
resistant of any of the services. Like their their terms of service and their content guidelines early on were basically non-existent. They were like, you can't have porn in your header or in your profile photo. And that was basically it, like originally. And, you know, Facebook is not like that. And um, but most platforms are not like that. Right. But, 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 but there's there's a, a question that I have in my mind, which is I think that Twitter had an inordinate and this has always been the case. It had an inordinate amount of influence compared to its relative size and certainly um, compared to the amount of money that, that it, it made and, and, you know, that advertisers were willing to spend on it. And I think that was largely because the posters TM that were on it were, you know, news people, media people, and and there were some celebrities who would get into high profile feuds, but even most of the celebrities left over the years, right? And then once it became a Donald Trump and an Elon Musk thing, then that became like a thing that kept it in the news. But like, I don't know, I, I don't, I feel like Twitter itself has lost a lot of that relevancy and, oh, yeah. and that aspect. And I don't think that's really the case anymore um, for, for a variety of reasons. And so... A, I don't think you can ever, I don't know if you can ever recreate like what Twitter was in that sense that this is like the the place where highly influential people are talking. I don't know if you can recreate that and, and have this relatively small service have this outsized amount of attention and influence. But B, I wonder if you were going to do a social posting app, if the normie way as again, like it's not for us, potentially like if that could actually be successful just because the the boringness, the sanguineness, the, you know, the brands, the, you know, like normie, you know, photos, the the lack of nudes, the lack of, you know, threatening to, to you know, um, set people on fire, you know, um, it would would be able to to work because, I mean, it works for Instagram. It works for TikTok. You know, YouTube is a little more lax, but you know, those, these are all the platforms that thrive and they're much more normie based. So I don't know. How does threads launch without hashtag support? That's some Twitter 1.0 well, shit right who, there. That's because normies don't care about a hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say it's on the roadmap. Here's my yeah. read. They've been working on this for a while. I think that they took advantage of the fact that mm. when when Twitter last week, for the various reasons, you know, turned off its scraping stuff. Which also now, based on the, the lawsuit that, that Musk is threatening, wow. might be tied to what they thought Threads was going to do. I think that they pushed up the launch. Well, in the rate limits on Twitter. Yes. What, yeah. Who's, whose brilliant idea was that? I got to assume Musk decided. Yeah. We're going to limit how many tweets people can read. That's just fucking dumb. I, so I dumb. read that. Well, I read from somebody and I'll see if I can find the link. But they were talking to somebody who used to be a Twitter SRE. And they were talking about how if, first of all, it's unlikely that the cover story, like the, the oh, we're getting all our data scraped, so we're going to block that is the real reason. And, and it's much more that, like, things were starting to not work well in a way and that they needed to throttle the system usage. And they and somebody was saying like that means that like a lot of things are going wrong, right? Yeah. Right. I I, I think I think that's probably correct. I think part of it was for cover story. I do wonder, especially with how quickly they had the lawsuit um, threat planned and the language that was used there, if they got word that maybe Threads was expanding their beta, and they started thinking, okay, we know we have a number of former employees working there. And we are concerned that threads might be scraping us or some other things because there were a lot of Twitter scraping sites. 
Um, but yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think they impacted. I, I don't know if they impacted performance or anything else. And if that was, you know, kind of his like impulsive, well, we must shut down this, this potential competitor. And instead, all he really did was potentially accelerate. And this is again, all my uh, unfounded speculation. So do not take any of this as, as anything that is for anything more than that is. It, this is completely unfounded. It basically was like, okay, this is backfiring and and threads launch because i have a feeling that threads wasn't planned to launch the the week that it launched i have no, a feeling I think that they even literally said that that was the case yeah i mean i think they took advantage of of the moment that that all this is happening and um that's if, if you are the ostensible you know on paper ceo of twitter who is trying to reassure advertisers and sign them back up and then your real boss um, cuts off the API, throttles how many posts people can see, doesn't let people view things logged in, all things that advertisers are going to hate. And then the company that literally has the best relationship with advertisers, advertisers love, oh, love, yeah. love, because A, they'll give you all kinds of data, and B, they have just a massive audience. And they launch their text thing, and they don't have ads yet, but they're already talking to brands. Man. Wow, that that would make your job as the on paper CEO really hard, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. if you have so much spend to do on on a text platform, I don't think you're going to spend it on both. You know? Yeah, and this is what this is what Facebook or Meta is good at. Yep, is like the operational excellence of being able to be like, all right, yes. we're going to launch this thing early. We're going to make it happen. You and know, it broke a little bit, but it stayed up. Like there were errors, yeah. but it was so impressive to see that number of users coming. And yes, there were errors and it was janky. And I was like, I can't even drag this because this is literally the best I've ever seen. Can you even imagine onboarding 70 million users in two days? Like that's unreal. I mean, let's talk about what happened to Blue Sky right after the relapse yes. happened. So, like, I mean, as we we can expand our conversation into some of these other social networks, there's the the the, the most buzziest before Threads was Blue Sky, totally, which is X Twitter, you know, which is um was originally spun out of Twitter, right? Um, started with money from Jack Dorsey and mm -hmm. Twitter, I think, actually, yeah, just took a new uh, eight million dollar seed round. Yep. Um, literally announced the day Threads launched. Awful timing. I felt <laughs> I felt so bad for them. I felt so bad for them. Um, and the reason probably they announced it that day was the two days before that they were getting hammered left and right because everybody was mm -hmm. jumping to blue sky because of the, because of the rate limits on Twitter. Um, I think, I mean, blue sky, I think blue sky is very weird. I agree. It's like, I don't, again, I, it I, still I feels like Twitter I, for normies to some degree. I, I don't cotton. I, I don't cotton to it. I don't Twitter like for it. shit posters. Yeah, I like I was, Jake, uh, Jake Tapper, and that's about the I, only I, good thing about Blue Sky. I, I, I was going to say, Blue Sky is for posters. Literally, Blue Sky, it's it's like, I feel like Blue Sky and Threads are like, are opposite sides of the same coin. Like, one is explicitly for posters, one is explicitly for normies. And I think that eh, this is what's sort of frustrating is that Twitter was that happy medium. And I don't know if we can ever have that again. Right, because I get, I, like, and because Blue Sky really feels like it's just, there's a large contingent of people there who are not just posters, but shit posters. Like, oh, yeah. The, the posters, the joke is the meme. Like, and what I discuss for me, I am a, I am an earnest poster. Right. Um, all, almost to a fault. Um, and which does so, not work there. 
which, which, no, which doesn't work there. Yeah, not at all work there. But there were like there was enough of a dilution on Twitter. On Twitter, you could find everybody. Yes, well, that that that's the thing. This is what this is what I think like makes me saddest about Twitter as inevitable de- demise and decline and whatnot. Even if it continues as an ongoing concern, is that for me for so many years it was my primary social platform because it was the only place where I could be all parts of myself. I could yes. be the shit poster. I could be like the 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 earnest person. I could be the tech person. I could be the pop culture stand. I could be like all those things. And I would have different followers for different reasons. And I would be discovered by different people in different groups. And I never felt like I had to stick in one box. On Blue Sky, I do feel like I have to basically be in shit poster mode. On Mastodon, I feel like I have to be in more tech earnest mode. I'm still figuring out what I can be on threads. And it's it's weird because Instagram has always been more curated, but I've never invested a ton of time in Instagram. Nope. Um, and I mean, I have, I have like 6,000 followers there, which for my standards is uh, like, I know this Pretty sounds good. awful, yeah, but, but compared to my I, other, but compared, like to my other accounts, it's not, but compared to my other accounts, it's like sure. microscopic. Nothing. And so, but, but here's, what's interesting. Two, three days on threads. I already have a thousand followers more than I had on blue sky where I was active and actively posting up until like my well, mental health because stuff. everyone, everyone oh, who know. followed you on on Instagram automatically becomes a follower. Well, not automatically. Like you have to opt in. I, I yeah, not sure. do that. Because there instance. is no follow and, and because there is no following right now. Because it's all algorithm the graph is all algorithmic. Like that yeah. timeline, there is no following right now. So and they say that's on the roadmap, which is yep. fascinating because they've been leaning so hard into the algorithmic thing mm-hmm. that I would and actually I think that that's one of Twitter's strengths. I agree. Can I tell you know, my joke? Can I tell my yes. joke that went really poorly on threads? Yes, I'm I would so love to hear it. Yeah, I saw I, it. It was so good. I, I kicked off my account with a meme that said, my friend got mad at me for sniffing his sister's panties. I'm not sure if it was because she was still wearing them or because his whole family was present. Either way, it made the rest of the funeral really awkward. Uh, so good. <laughs> it's good so show. good. It got so two, so likes. Good because two, yeah, two because likes. Two likes. <laughs> it, this is the thing though that's because that's because twitter is like or like because instagram like that's not the instagram content no no it's not <laughs> not even remotely yeah but that's so good i should like, i should note that at the bottom of this meme there's a picture of yahweh god and he says noah and the next frame his eyes are lit up and it says get the boat <laughs> i love that joke because there are three different point where you're like holy shit holy shit holy shit (laughs) i i said i said the whole thing straight face to someone as if i were giving them an update on something that really happened to me last night and it took it took a minute uh for them to process that this was a joke and that's a that's a tiktok joke brett (laughs) i'm not on tiktok like that's 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 a cut that's a cutscene TikTok joke <laughs> that would work really well. Um, I saw somebody who did a TikTok where, like, and maybe I saw it again because this is how the world works now. And this is the other. This is my other thesis, which is that Twitter is particularly great for ADHD posters. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Because of that thing where we can dip into all of our different interests so easily. Yeah. Um, and this idea that I have to post to five different social networks. No, thank you. Like, absolutely not. Do not have the focus to post across multiple, multiple social networks. 
Do you do you remember? So I have gotten multiple requests um, on various uh, networks, mostly on Mastodon, for uh, a revival of an, my first app, Mood Blast. Um, Ooh. I had written I had written a, an app, mostly in Apple Script. Actually, I was just getting into Macs at the time, and I had written an app that would post to Jaiku and Adium and Skype Uh. and Twitter and Facebook all at once. And you could use like different codes and stuff. Uh, It had like a command line syntax when you were posting to like determine what went where. And uh, and you could set your like your chat status at the same time as you like sent out uh, a status update. And it was in its day. It It was it was good. It was very popular. Um, it's how I met like Merlin Mann. It's how I, it's how I met, it's how I got my gig at the unofficial Apple web blog. I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm almost positive that I used Mood Blaster. Yeah. David um, Chartier wrote about like every single update I ever put out to it. Like Chartier wrote about it on the blog and, and people are like, you know, the time the, we're back to those wild west days we are. where where you don't know what's going to win the what's going to win the battle yet and everything seems new and fresh. Yep. Yeah, which is interesting. It would be great. It, it would I mean I wish we could do that. I mean I think it's it's interesting um uh, Matthew um uh Casalini the the shortcuts guy uh was was writing about, you know, that I think about potentially creating shortcuts so you could cross post things, which actually is a pretty good um rudimentary way to get around some of the API challenges, you know, for Twitter and whatnot. I will say this is the one aspect of Threads that has me sort of excited. And that is that they have said publicly like their commitment to ActivityPub because putting yeah. aside the the drama of all the various instances that won't federate with it because they're fucking babies and don't think about their users and are little bitches. Like, I'm sorry, but that's my opinion. Like, if, if I think that should be a user decision, not a um, admin decision. But I also find most... Most, not all, but most Mazdon admins to be on power trips because they are like Reddit admins and Wikipedia editors times 10. But, <laughs> but like, if you think about that, if they adopt ActivityPub, that then opens up really interesting possibilities for being able to cross post and maybe customize, like you were saying, with, um, uh, you know, like your mood, like um, Ice Cubes, which is a Mastodon app uh, this week introduced like a, the, the first kind of iteration of their using a blue sky bridge. So you can post to Blue Sky from, oh, nice. from Ice Cubes, which is awesome. And it doesn't do everything, but it does a lot of stuff. And like, that's really cool. You know, Manton, who's been doing micro.blog for like almost, you know, 10 years now, um, uh, like is, I'm sure that as soon as Instagram or, or threads or whatever has integration, will build that into, you know, micro.blog. And I feel like he's really been on the forefront of, the, the the best options for all of us as we try to determine where to go. But yeah, I, I think if, if you could bring back Mood Poster, that would be amazing. I do appreciate that these new services are um, putting APIs uh, yeah. forefront in their in their plans. Like Threads is planning to uh, be ActivityPub mm-hmm. compatible. Blue Sky has its own um, API, its own yep. what framework, I guess. Yep. Um, yep that that is easy to work with like the the number of of integrations is already there are already numerous ways to post to blue sky um and that i mean that's what made twitter 
in yes. the early days. No, it's 100% and, what made Twitter. And I hope that they continue. I hope they don't pull a Twitter and let third party developers make their app big and then fuck them over. Um, although I have no reason to believe that won't be the case. Uh, yeah. I mean, once, I th- once you start making money, once you have the. Once you have the footing, why wouldn't you cut those people out? But. I mean, I think it depends, right? Because it's sort of like, I mean, like it took Reddit, you know, 15 years to to do that. And so you're right. It might be inevitable. But at the same time, like if you're using a protocol, unless you want to rewrite everything you've done, which look, you could, but that's a lot of work. Um, I don't know. I feel like at Proto, which is what uh, Blue Sky uses. And and if, you know, they really do, if, if, if Threads really does come to ActivityPub, which People were already finding ActivityPub stuff within it before it even launched. So I think that it's already kind of there. They just haven't turned on the, the Federation stuff. I will say this. This was something that was interesting that uh, our audience is probably going to be some of the only people who are interested in this that I discovered in like the first hour of playing with threads. It has an export function. I'm sure this is for GDPR reasons. However, it is better than like the Instagram, you know, like request all of your data thing. There is a way for you to export all of your threads from the app. Now, it's weird how it does it. It doesn't give you a JSON file. It doesn't give you whatnot. You have a few different places you can export to. And this is what the weird part is. One is Blogger. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. One is some journal service that I've never heard of. One is um, WordPress.com by a Jetpack, and that's sort of okay. interesting. And yeah. then the third one, the, the fourth one, and this was the one that I tried because I, I thought that it was going to do it in a way that was different than it did, was Google Docs. Really? The way that it does it, and I only had like 10 threads at the time, so don't do this if you have a lot of threads, was that it literally creates a doc for every single oh post God. that you've made. Oh, that's useless. No. It is useless. It is useless. useless. It is useless. But but here's what was interesting. The media that was embedded in those things is also embedded in the Google Doc. Interesting. And, and I have right. to say, like, again, janky as all get out. Blogger is weird. It seemed like <laughs> for this sure. Was, like, 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 I, I don't know if they found some sort of other open source thing that they just like reuse. Again, this journaling service that I've never heard of. It was a weird ass thing. But I was like, OK, this is here day one. So clearly some of the engineers have been playing with this idea of archiving from the get go. And that that's even better than Mastodon right now, because Mastodon yeah. to get your data out is kind of a pain in the ass. And and uh, and it's not a great process at all. If, and this is like the best of all of them, even though the places you could port it to are weird. Is Blogger just a call out to Ev? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Like I, 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 I assume it's because they still have an API that they could like point things to because Blogger oh, yeah, is in perpetual maintenance mode. Fair. I think that's yeah. probably what it was. I think this is probably something that just the you know the engineers are playing with. Oh, speaking of engineers, they they hired Jane Wong. Um, I know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Who's that? So she is the person who reverse engineered both the Twitter and the Facebook apps for like years and would find all the oh. hidden stuff. But she lived in okay. Hong Kong and had been trying to get out for a while because she'd been public about her dislike for like China, you know, and all the bullshit they're doing and the protests and stuff. And she announced she was moving into the Bay Area a few months ago. and We didn't know why. And then she announced that she was hired to work on um threads and i i know for a fact twitter tried to hire her for a long time and i think that it was difficult i think the visa issues probably made it really hard so the fact that that meta did the thing and got her out there 
that's honestly, that was one of the, the few encouraging signs I had. I was like, okay, some of the talent you've hired to work on this is at least really understanding yeah. of the space and really, really good, even though I'll obviously miss her, you know, reverse engineering and dissecting all of their exactly. app bundles. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, I still miss, um, Anand. Yes. Still. So much. <laughs> he was the best. He was the best. And then Brian too, who like kind of took over from him. He, he left like two years later and also was at Apple, but yeah, I kind of love that the people, the guy who used to explain, you know, how Silicon stuff works to me is, is, you know, assuredly working on Apple Silicon. That's kind of an amazing glow up. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can get the real Mac pro one of these days. <laughs> Oh my God. So can we talk real quick about the bear before yes. we do a gratitude? I didn't Please. know you were going to talk about me, but okay. But I'm bump. But I'm bump. Um, what am I? Where do I fit into the gay community? I'm not a you dolphin. Mean, I'm not a twink. I'm not a, I'm kind of a bear, I guess. No, I guess you're, I'm, a, I, I'm an otter. You're an otter. Bear. You think I'm an otter? I'm, yeah, I think you Aren't I too otter. old to be an otter? Uh, no, otters not necessarily age. Um, you could also be, I mean, uh, you could maybe be like a wolf. Oh, like a, like a, fo like a silver fox. Yeah. 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 Oh, or he'd cool. be like, he'd be like a silver daddy is, or what's the term yeah, for that? Yeah. 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 Like, silver fox. So like Anderson Cooper is a silver fox. Yeah. But Anderson Cooper is like a, like, Anderson Cooper is like you would be like a silver wolf, I would say, because like Anderson Cooper is too pretty. What do you call a fat fox? <laughs> I don't know. Um. So anyway, uh, the the latest season of The Bear came out on Hulu, and I had been anxiously awaiting it because it's honestly some of the best writing so on TV right now. And there is an episode in the middle of the season. Uh, that's a flashback to kind of like uh, Carmi's origin story, his family. And like you see like where Mikey, his brother who died, fits into the family and you meet his mom, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, who does a fucking award winning job of playing a goddamn psycho. Um, it was intense. I almost didn't want to watch the next episode because it was so stressful getting through that family episode have you guys seen do you know what i'm talking about um i haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched, watched all there. of the season two i, I so, so, I, so, so you haven't seen the family episode yet not yet i think um, i think i'm like the one before that be warned it is stressful it is uh john mulaney is in it uh which is just outstanding he plays he plays this like there's a scene where he's talking to uh the fact brothers and they're like, if you give us $500, we're going to like invest it in, in, in like trading cards, I think. And, and he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an adult male. I can come up with $500 and you know what? I'm going to give it to you because I'm entertained to see what you, what you're going to do with it. And it's just like a perfect Mulaney character. I love it. Um, as we're talking, balloons keep flying up around my head and I yeah. don't know what it is I'm saying that makes that happen. Um, I wish I could, I wish I could figure out how to do this on cue. Yeah. I was going to say, what, what's, what's the deal with that? But I was also kind of like, I, I, I love it's it. Happened, I it's happened. It happened. It happened to me last episode too, just like balloons. And I don't, 
fucking great. So I think I'd I, say fucking great, and then balloons fly. I was gonna say you you did something in one of your automations. Like this is this is <laughs> you know it's probably attached to your your um, stream deck in some way. Like you you've there done you something in your automations. I know it. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the bear. What? You have to. I I I I will add it to my list. I was just rewatching all of the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> um That's a good time. I've, it's they're fun. I yeah, they're again considerably better than they have any right to be. Oh yeah. Sure. They're like the Fast and the Furious movies, but like good. You know what I mean? Like 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 actually like good acting and yeah. I mean, give I listen, the person that I actually think is one of the best actors in the Fast and Furious movies is Tyrese. Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Look, and, and here here's the thing. I I will become a Tyrese stand for a second. Um, John yes. Singleton, John Singleton, R.I.P., one of the our greatest filmmakers. Um, his uh, 2001 film Baby Boy, which was originally supposed to star Tupac, but uh, he cast Tyrese instead because Tupac, you know, was murdered. Um, is is an amazing film. Uh, Taranji, uh, 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 what's her face? Um, uh, Cookie, obviously. Um, I, I, I Henson. Uh, is in it. Bing Rames. I can't think of who plays um his mom. It is a fantastic, fantastic portrait of uh, kind of like a, a you know a black like youth like coming of age sort of thing. And Tyrese is exceptional in it. Also, Ving Rhames. Yes, my God, who's in all, all the Mission Impossible movies? I he's so good. He's so funny. And also, that man is beautiful. He is so beautiful. He is so beautiful. Yeah, I'm also. I also just started watching Hijack on Apple TV Plus, and that's oh, Idris Elba. That. Nice, another beautiful man. Um, yeah, I love the. I do love that the Fast and Furious movies got Ludacris and Tyrese. Same, <laughs> and Ludacris also. Ludacris also a good actor. Like, like, yeah. like, 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 you know, like I, I know that like it's, it's a meme because it's a, it, it's not a great movie, but it is what it is. But um, uh, Crash was an Oscar-winning film, and yeah. like Ludacris was fucking in Crash, and he was, was good he? in it. Yes, and he was I don't good in it. That. And he was good in it. Huh. And and uh, he's he's a Chris is a good actor. Like Georgia State represents. <laughs> so Little what? Speaking of Tupac, did you guys see Dear Mama? No, no. It's a documentary. It's a Tupac documentary. I think it's on Hulu, and. Uh, it was actually, I think, I think it was like a multi-part miniseries and it goes through like his, his like high school years, his upbringing with like the Black Panthers mm -hmm. and like kind of his, uh, gangstification and like his beliefs and his like multiple, <laughs> like the multiple times he'd almost been killed before he was killed. Yep. And it was, it was enlightening. I, uh, I was a Tupac fan. I, I I could probably recite quite a few Tupac lyrics from memory, um, but I was just you know another one of those white kids who who dug gangster rap. I remember I remember when he was I remember when he was shot like that was like the biggest news in seventh grade like that was yeah. like it was like it was yeah Kurt Kurt Loder had a lot to say about that. Well, it was just nuts because we were all watching that fight, and then Tupac, who like like. He, it seemed like he was going to be okay, you know, because he was in the hospital for a few days. Like he, he, we thought he was going to be okay, and then he died. And like, I mean, I obviously remember Kurt Cobain and that being like a massive cultural moment. 
But I think Tupac was like the first one that really hit me because I was finally at an age where I could be like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I recommend anyone who anyone I will who's watch curious, this Dear Mama. OK, uh, Dear Mama. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's uh, let's do some gratitude. Um, that's gratitude. Let's see. Who wants to kick it off? Uh, I'll start. OK. So the one that I picked is an app that came out, um, I think, like at the end of June. So I like missed like its first week out there. So I apologize, Anders. But it's from Anders Borum, who created a uh, working copy and um, the uh, his uh, what's his shell app, um, uh, shellfish or whatever, a uh, shellfish app. So which are which are two um, iOS apps that are, are really great. Like shellfish app is is a SSH client, but also works with um, the files app on, on iOS. And working copy is, in my opinion, the best Git client um, available for iOS. Well, he released S3 files, which is a universal app. It's three dollars a month or it's fifteen dollars as a one time purchase. And it's an S3 client um, that will let you access S3 compatible storage. So things like Amazon S3, um, Backblaze, B2, Cloudflare R2, Oracles, whatever, like anything that, that uses the S3 spec, which is most services like DigitalOcean um, has them. Um, and um, it'll basically let you integrate that inside the files app, uh, share sheet, you can use it with shortcuts, and it even works with Finder on Mac. And the way that that uh, he's doing this is that he's making it like an official um, uh, like um, file provider on Mac OS, yeah. which is really, really interesting. And so you can literally have this, you know, um, in, in your finder and have like uh, one of these drives always mounted. And yes, there have been ways to, to do that for a long time through apps like Transmit and um, a Forklift and others. But this, I think, is actually a really, really smart way. And to my knowledge, I haven't seen any others that would let you do this as like a file provider in the Files app on, on iOS. Like I've always had to use, you know, like a third party kind yeah. of things to do that. So um, I, I've only been using this for like less than 12 hours but I'm really impressed. I think Anders does great stuff. So um, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, one of my jobs right now at Oracle is to figure out they have a their object storage has an S3 API. Yep. Uh, like you can you can just port from Amazon to Oracle. Yeah, and it's supported. Uh, it's it, it's it's called out as being supported. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I should I should definitely write about that for Oracle. They would love that. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, uh, Brian, do you want to do you want to do a pick? Sure. Yeah. Um, I switched my pick as I was thinking. This is um, I'm going to call out uh, an app called SQL Pro Studio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great app. It's Great app. Part of setup. It's made by Kyle Hankinson, who has like a sort of suite of SQL apps that he develops uh, in independently. And then also has a mud client, which I love because it takes me back to the days of like <laughs> uh, text-based adventures. But um, it's such a great, like, if you work with databases at all, if you work um, and like you have to query them, you often get stuck with a lot of like cross-platform Java-based mm -hmm, apps for sure. to manage those databases. And this is a fully featured like straight up uh you know mac ass mac app 
for SQL database management. And I deal with SQL databases all the time at work. And so it's really, really wonderful. And I really, really love it. I used to use his apps before I got uh, set up and was really thrilled to see them in setup. And he has iOS apps too. So if you need to manage them on iOS, you can do that as well. That's awesome. Speaking of setup, they just made their family, they, they, they made some changes to their family plan that actually for most users made the family plan cheaper or added more seats to it. Uh, a rare instance of a company modifying their pricing structure to the benefit of users for once. I, that's uh, amazing. That's really great. I, I got I got one extra seat and and I actually everyone in my family who needs setup already has setup. Uh but now I have I have one seat. I'm gonna offer it to Jeff, see if he uh if he yeah. needs some some setup. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great I'm idea. Actually, did you know that setup has a corporate licensing process set up for teams? I didn't um, know. Oh, that's which is really good. only ten dollars a user a month. Huh. Oh, that's cool. I wonder if I yeah, can get that I'm through our, our going provisioning to ha- process. Exactly. That's what I'm having a conversation at Sonos because I'm like, the number of people who use Macs at Sonos who I know, like, and to be able to have all of those apps sort of like, look, we like to rely on setups verification process instead of having to do all the verification yourself. Right. It'd yeah. be great for our security team. Yeah, I would think yeah. we would really love that. Very cool. Um. I am going to pick hardware this week. I just got the Stream Deck pedal. I swore Ooh. I wasn't gonna. Um, I just, all I really wanted was a cough button, right? Um, I just wanted to like be able to mute my mic with my foot. And uh, I first tried like this $18 USB pedal. <laughs> Cause I thought for if I can do it for $18, great. but the the pedal i bought you have to you have to use windows to configure it and it has to be set to like one specific keyboard key that it will send Jesus. and and when i plugged it into my powered usb hub everything shut down because it took too, it drew too much power how does a pedal how does a switch draw i don't know i don't i do not understand but it's a piece of shit so i was like fine i'm going to get the stream deck pedal and it has been great and better touch tool has great support for it. And you can, it has three switches on it and you can make all kinds of different things happen and you can have application specific profiles. And yes, I do have, I have a, a cough button and, and it's great, but I've also been playing around a lot with what I can do with, uh, with better touch tool. Um, if I come up with any great automations, I'll share them in the future. But for right now, I'm just going to say it is a solid piece of hardware from Elgato um, that that does exactly what it's advertised as. It costs like 80 bucks, which for a good piece of hardware isn't terrible. Um, pretty happy. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, that. I, I was looking at that. I have to say, like, I um, think that um, whatchamacallit, um, Elgato's stuff. Like I, I buy almost everything they make because when it comes to the streaming gear stuff, they just, they nail it. They nail yeah. It. Yeah. I have uh I have two stream decks and a stream deck plus and the wave XLR and a key light and the pedal. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, an, totally. I'm an Elgato Stan. Yeah. Same. I'm, I'm just okay, going to say, so the, go on. The only thing I don't like, I have the wave LP. 
the low profile that is Mike's, it's the low profile mic stand okay and it's a little like right like like it's loose it doesn't uh yeah the low profile mic stand is the only yeah, thing that ever yeah their stuff's not perfect but for the price it does a great job and they have a great return policy um and replay their their customer support is very responsive so when things do break i've always been able to get a brand new one shipped to me at no charge. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they like really like hook you up like when one of your stream decks broke? Like, did they? Yeah, two of them. Two of them, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I've been impressed with that because I've got two key light airs. I have one of their stands um, uh, that like uh, that got, I have uh, the green screen, which I haven't used. I have the the Camlink 4K. I have the HD 60S Plus. This was all from the, you know, um, uh, working from home era. Yeah, I have um, the cam link too. I've, yeah. I've got, the cam link is fantastic. Yeah, um, I've got the, um, you know, way to utilize your $1,000 camera as a webcam. Uh, really good. Did you I've ever got, have their H264 stick? Yes. Yeah. Back, back in the in days the day, when, we needed, yeah. when we needed to offload our H264 encoding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, shit, I had like a, remember when they used to do like the ITV? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I still have one of those new in box. Me too. I found it the Me other too. <laughs> Me too, actually. And what's funny is that, like, obviously they sold that 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 business off or whatnot, and and they got away from their Mac roots, which is fine. Um, and, and Corsair's owned them for a while, but like, I will always love Elgato. Like going back to the Mac days for the H two sixty four stick, the ITV, the ITV Pro, like those things, because nobody else at that time was making um any of these devices that would work on the Mac. Yeah. And um, yeah. and this and it's weird because a lot of the stuff that they make still, you can find people who will do commodity versions and will work on Windows. And to your point, like you just you literally just described it, you know, like with the pedal where people will come up with like a, a cheaper version. And if you use Windows or whatever, that's fine. But if you need that level of polish, there are not any companies that do it. And I was worried when Corsair bought them, but they've only expanded. Mm -hmm. They've only gotten yeah. better. And I think Corsair has actually been very smart about recognizing we have the kind of premium streaming brand in this space. And by premium, I mean like for normal people to buy, not like getting into the professional. Oh my God, Brian is showing us their puppy and it is the cutest thing that I've ever seen. Yeah, Nathan just opened the door. He didn't know I was podcasting. And so I just got like three more of our <laughs> puppies. This is Dr. Pink. Dr. Pink. He's a tricolor. <laughs> this is so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would also mention that the Stream Deck pedal comes with a box of uh, springs and switches so you can change oh, nice. the, the tension and the uh, tactility of the pedal. That's, That's handy. brilliant. That's really nice. That's really good. All right. Well, I think that wraps up a, a good a good episode. Thanks for being here, Brian. Always. You know that I'll always be here. Thank you too, Christina. It's always nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And Brian, yes, thank you for joining us. Um, we love having you. And uh, this is a good talk. I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's always great we all to spend got to time catch with up. both of you. All right. You guys get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. That was Dr. Pink. <laughs> hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter. 
which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes. And let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.